This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. Urgency is the key word for all aspects of the C-suite, strategy, finance, investments, operations. We have our triangle graph where we believe operations, finance, investments very much should be integrated, need to be. Otherwise, you get siloed and individuals running in their own direction. Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Tori Ritchie. Today, we're going to talk about finance where the economy stands today, what it means for your organization, and why it's so important to connect finance and strategy teams moving forward. Today, I am joined by two experts, Brian Esser, a principal and lead of our financial strategy practice, and Lisa Goldstein, Senior Vice President at Kaufman Hall. Great to have both of you here today. Thank you for joining. The idea of this podcast, it stems from this year's Exec Summit financial breakout session, the one that the two of you led. And to kick things off, Brian, could you expand a bit on some of the key themes that were discussed in that session? Yeah. This will be fun. So, Tori, the interesting dynamic from Exec Summit, which we did over the summer, was we were pushing and pulling on the relationship between the strategy team and the financial team within the health systems themselves. And the reason we chose to pursue that dialogue, because A, we have fantastic new partners like Lisa from Kaufman Hall, and it gave us a platform to get really that financial angle of what's going on in the market and try to match that up to where the strategists are trying to move the organization. And with the environmental challenges we're facing, and Lisa can go into these much deeper than I can from a finance point of view, the push that strategy is trying to get to achieve new growth is really being reined in slightly by the finance team for all good and meaningful reasons. There's a certain nature of being conservative in the moment just based on, on the pressures the organization is facing. The discussion at, at Exec Summit that we have continued to have throughout the rest of the year is even more applicable today than it was then, is how hard should strategy be pushing for growth versus how much should finance be focusing on the core and ensuring that there is financial sustainability and viability moving forward. And that tension continues to ramp up and without a meaningful recognition of the tension and the different pressures each team is facing and meaningful dialogue to overcome that, we're not going to get very far. So that was the overall premise of how do we interact in a much more intentional way between strategy and finance to make sure that we're achieving the short-term and long-term goals of the organization. And Brian, what was a great, we did two sessions. It was standing room only. This is so important right now. And you use the word tension. And in our world, it should be nothing but collaboration between strategy and finance to bring this all together in one of the most challenging times in decades. So it needs to be an absolute deliberate working together, not at different goals and different angles. Lisa, let's dive a bit into that. It is a very difficult time right now. Could you provide us an overview of looking at the current economic cycle that we're in? Where did we start at the beginning of the year and where do things stand today? We're at a very difficult time for most not-for-profit healthcare organizations right now. We started the year actually on a good note because for many, fiscal 2021, just say it ended in December, right? Everyone has different fiscal year ends. But when you look at calendar year 2021, for many, it was a better year than 2020 when the world changed. We had vaccines volume was coming back. It was uh, regaining our tread year. And then the world changed yet again. January, February, March, we had something called this Omicron variant. It spread very quickly. Length of stay went up for many hospitals. And to address it, 
we saw a huge increase in contract labor. Between the new variant and labor pressures, it literally derailed financial performance for many as we headed into first quarter of 2022. Since then, there are losses still every month, but they are somewhat declining for calendar 2022. We estimate it's going to be one of the most difficult years on record. We just did an analysis where we predict that one out of every two Every other health system of any size will show operating losses, have parentheses around that bottom line, which is just extraordinarily difficult if it's crystallized in a number. That's where we started, and that's how we expect the year to wrap up. Great. Let's talk a bit about the key sources of pressure that are affecting systems. The immediate things that come to mind are things like payer pressure, inflation, revenue, and cost. What is top of mind for systems and how are these pressures impacting organizations differently? I would say all of the above. It's a multiple choice where the final answer is all of the above, and that's 100% correct. When you think about an income statement, not to go into the weeds, but you have revenues on top and then you subtract your expenses. What we've seen is the expense growth rate outpace revenues. I don't know any industry where you want your expenses growing at a higher clip than your revenues, but top line revenue volume overall is very choppy, very uneven for length of stay, capacity, variance, hesitation, what have you. We are in a period of sequestration on Medicare. We can talk more about payer negotiations, always challenging. And then on the expense side, big pressure point is labor, the workforce shortage, burnout, people leaving the bedside, the clinical side. We've been through nursing shortages before, as everybody knows. What's different this time is that it's not just nursing, it's dietary, housekeeping, security, accounting, IT, refs. It's everything within the organization. There's new competitors out there. It's expensive. And we're in a period of rebuilding employee morale. The workforce pressures are tremendous and they're not going to be solved overnight. Many can't just throw money at the problem. Workforce pressures are very much a part of the equation right now. As everyone knows, the CARES Act funds are winding down. Right now, there is no CARES Act Part 2 or 2.0. If there's going to be support from the government, it'll likely be tactical targeted, if that. So any kind of phone a friend or lifeline is likely over. Both sides of the equation, revenue and expenses, for all the reasons that you mentioned, are front and center right now. Brian, anything that you want to add there? I'm hearing a lot about operating income itself is barely positive, most likely negative. One out of two hospitals will most likely end up in the negative for the year. On the balance sheet side, can you explain what's happened there? It feels like there's been a lot of erosion from the balance sheet. Where do you see that and what does that actually mean in real life? Erosion is the right word. One, you have the repayment of the Medicare advance payments. That was the cash injection from Medicare in the early days of COVID. The Medicare advance program has been around for a while. Actually, it's not new with the pandemic, but it was full throttle. Many, many hospitals utilized it. It was a loan, and now Medicare is recouping the money back every month. I think we're almost at actually at the end of the recoupment, so that's good news. The second pressure point is the investment markets have been very shaky down, and not all, but many hospitals invest some of their unrestricted cash in equities, alternatives that are subject to market volatility. Bonds can be as well. We've seen some devaluation of cash balances, which doesn't help. And then the third 
third issue is cash burn. If you're not generating cash flow or a positive bottom line, you have to reach into your wallet to make your expense payments, payroll, utilities, debt, etc. It's the principles of corporate accounting. We're seeing actual cash burn, utilizing cash. Whereas in the past, you would save a little every month to increase cash. Why is this important? Why are we talking about cash? Cash for not-for-profit healthcare in tough times has been a cushion, if not a crutch. We have the balance sheet. We have a liquidity cushion, a reserve cushion. And when that starts to decline, like we're seeing now, that becomes less reliable. Most folks are not running out of cash, but that cushion is dissipating a bit. And that becomes a concern to lenders, stakeholders, and management teams. That's important because that cash cushion and just the entire balance sheet income statement, I think on the strategy side, we're aware of that. It's something that's been there, but we have not been nearly as attuned to it as the finance teams have been. And the amount of urgency and angst coming out of finance at this moment, looking at these numbers, is clearly spreading across the organization. So everyone's quickly being educated on what's happening, why it matters, and how it's going awry. From the strategist point of view, as you think about how do we deal with this and, and achieve either new growth or stabilizing growth back in our exact summit, what we had put forth is the idea of you need to blend relevance, diversification, and scalability together in much more meaningful ways. Think about this cushioning and stabilization of the organization really in that relevance bucket because that's where we really need to drive forward current time over the next 12 months, becoming much more relevant with the consumer side, both actual patients and, and understanding how is our brand, but even more so our system of care and all of our offerings being interacted with by the consumers. And how do we make those much more sticky, tangible so that consumers are drawn into our ecosystems and are, are staying with us, as well as the employer base and the payers. And employers we're hearing more and more from, because Lisa, as you know, it, the economy does not only impact healthcare, it's impacting all industries. And employers are looking at their expenses for healthcare on an expense basis continue to go up. And they're saying, I cannot continue to take these expense hikes. Providers, what's going on? We see this, you know, states like Indiana, where they're being called out very aggressively by the employers saying, your prices are far too high. The costs are too high. We need to bring those down understanding key cohorts and buyers of care and how to get ahead of them, have much more meaningful discussion about why healthcare is what it is, how we can work together to bring those costs down while making our patients and employees healthier, and then ultimately translating that into the payer side and negotiations of, of why we need to be deserving of the rate increases and or new lump sum payments, value-based care alternatives, or, or pay for performance type dynamics and triggers being brought into the discussion, as well as the idea of price transparency becoming a much more real topic in all negotiations. Growth is being fed by this immediate the urgency out of the financial pressures on the organization. Urgency is the key word for all aspects of the C-suite, strategy, finance, investments, operations. We have our triangle graph where we believe operations, finance, investments very much should be integrated, need to be. Otherwise, you get siloed and individuals running in their own direction. And that builds resiliency of an organization as well. When I think about strategy and finance teams and the relationships that historically they've had, they've been quite siloed from one another. From your perspective, where do we stand today in terms of breaking down those silos and really improving communication across those teams? You're right. Historically, the silos were there, probably more so than they should be. I think that's just the nature of how healthcare was run for a long time. The good thing about the pandemic was that those silos immediately came down. All teams came together. We had the crisis teams, you know, the command centers, which was very commendable. We saw everyone lean in across the organization and those silos quickly got torn down. My concern is that those silos, as we're 
starting to fall back into somewhat business as normal are beginning to be erected again. And that culture of cohesion is fraying. That's something that we need to not allow the organizations to fall back into line on. Lisa, I would turn that back to you and ask the same question. As you're looking at these teams working together, I think about different organizations, let's say from a credit type point of view, B, triple B, whatever, versus double A rating organizations, what would be your strategic and financial advice today? I agree with you. COVID broke down a lot of walls. They had to. It was crisis mode. And let's give a shout out to the industry, which responded brilliantly. Resiliency was just defined by not-for-profit healthcare. I am concerned that as we go back to some new normal, whatever that is, those silos come back. Certainly from a credit perspective, the integration of all of those different components working together, it's needed now more than ever. And from a ratings perspective, the rating agencies will do their best to discern and conclude whether they sense this integration of effort between all the different moving parts, strategy and finance. That's got to be toned from the top coming down from senior management. There are plenty of triple B, BAA systems, hospitals that navigate together, but maybe they're just starting with a more stress balance sheet or lower margins or uber competitive markets. It doesn't mean that the AA's own the market in this because we've seen lower rated systems that really do well in this integration. But everybody's got to be rowing in the same direction and that can happen regardless of where you are on the credit scale and should, quite frankly. As we think about how organizations did, we saw rapid improvement in terms of breaking down those silos between teams at the peak of the pandemic. And now, as you all stated, we're nervous about people falling back into old habits. So I'm curious, Brian, how can organizations improve their communication channels and ensure that this change stays for good? it's important that communication channels continue to be focused on in an intentional manner. If we don't do that and create the space for disparate teams, be it finance and strategy or strategy and operations, you name it, to come together and tackle important challenges in the here and now, as well as the longer term, we won't be able to get to the answers we need. A couple ideas we've had are one, the creation of fusion teams, teams that are intentionally brought together from disparate parts of the organization who have other responsibilities removed in order to focus on big challenges. How do you bring that finance and strategy personnel together so that they understand we're focused on advancing a growth topic in a way that doesn't burn out the workforce, doesn't require accessing new credit or liquidity, but can also reinforce our brand and image in the community while advancing equity type issues, like big, holistic issues that are going to be cross-departmental, across the silos, and you need to give folks the ability to focus in and really leverage insightful data in a meaningful way to advance the topic. This idea of creating that time and space for good work to get done and then bolstered by more real-time data and effective data that historically we have not brought together. Things like the finance, the budget, as well as key performance indicators. We hear a lot from Lisa and her team on rolling forecasting and the need to get much more tangible with the metrics that matter. Plus the short-term demand idea of looking at the SG2 forecast, which is great, but that's 10 years. What's going to happen in the next 18 to 24 months? What does that mean? And then what else do we have? Do we have claims data, employer data? What else can we bring into the mix to really understand how to get more relevant, diversify our offerings, and scale much more aggressively? In creating those environments where teams are brought together, data is brought together, we push this forward is going to be really important to agility and the competitive nature of the organization. I really like the fusion teams. That's a wonderful step forward to get everybody hands on deck and focused on, indeed, a sports analogy, moving the ball down the field, but together removing obstacles, perhaps, of other responsibilities so that everyone can be focused. That's a great strategy. I'm curious, what is one thing that you'd like for organizations to start doing different as it pertains to financial planning? What is that high impact takeaway that you want organizations to have? 
you're limiting me to one thing, which is very hard. I would say everything that we've talked about today, this integration between strategy and finance, it's part of the finance team's responsibility to lean into strategy and to really inform and educate strategy about key metrics. It's not very difficult math. I can do it. And that says a lot. But just to understand the key metrics of financial performance and liquidity, up, down, trending, good, bad, and different will help everyone lean in to a more integrated finance understanding strategy. Every clinician in the world is essentially a scientist, a caregiver scientist. People respond to data and it can be a great tool to help inform and educate. I feel like that's a recurring theme that we have at SG2. It's really marrying that data with that strategy that continues to be a universal truth in order to drive forward a solid path for the future. At the end of the day, recognize that not-for-profit healthcare, the systems that stepped up during the pandemic, all the systems, the entire ecosystem did, but you organizations are capable of advancing the ball in a meaningful way. And Lisa and I would agree, there's a tremendous amount of pressure out there, but not getting too down or getting too stale because things are challenging and overwhelming at the moment. Giving yourself the ability to breathe and say, okay, another big challenge financial, operational this time. We've been here before. It's come and gone. We have executives who have been in that seat and also younger executives who are excited about the challenge to move the organization forward. So bringing that culture of we can do it, we can solve this and positivity will continue to be critical for leaders on down because the staff and everyone else is looking upwards and saying, where should we be going and how can we get there? And if there's an overwhelming sense that we're really challenged, that's not going to get us there. So maintain that positive attitude, recognize the success over the last few years. This is another big challenge, but the industry can respond and we should do that. Wonderful. Well, Lisa, Brian, thank you so much for joining me today. This is a fantastic discussion. Really looking forward to having both of you join again on another podcast soon. Thanks. Thank you. Great to be here. Cool. Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments, or ideas for episodes. And you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Visient podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can all be found at visientinc.com backslash podcasts. Mm-hmm.